Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. So I went to college in the heart of Philadelphia. It was a super busy campus smack in the middle of downtown Philadelphia. Lots of bustling, lots of hustling, and every once in a while, I'd run into someone or a group of people preaching their line of thinking. I went to college during an election year, so a lot of the times these were political groups proclaiming their ideology. But every so often, there would be a group of religious people. These religious groups came in all shapes and sizes and colors. Some were loud and boisterous. Others came with full-blown presentations. I remember one even had a seven-foot-tall sign and a megaphone. What I remember most was literally trying to run and hide from all of them. I used to thank God campus was pretty much always crowded, always a sea of people for me to hide behind, and allowing me to never make contact with these groups. Once in a long while, I'd get caught. Someone would spot me or the cross around my neck and start grilling me on my faith and what I believed in. And I always felt cornered. Like I had to have all the answers or I wasn't good enough. And saying I was Catholic, I may as well have been walking around with a target on my back. I knew what I believed in and that was enough. I didn't need to prove it to anyone. So I would, as politely as I could, decline participating and just move on. There was one group that I always acknowledged, though. It was usually one or two older men dressed in suits, even if it was 90 degrees, and they very quietly and nonchalantly would hand me a pocket-sized New Testament. I have no idea what church they were from. They never caused a fuss or announced anything. They just handed out these little green books, maybe once a semester, and went on with their day. I must have like six of them still. I randomly find them as I'm cleaning and just continue to remember those quiet moments. I read a statistic that roughly 70% of Catholics are afraid to share their faith or to participate in evangelization. If they're anything like me, 
it may have to do with the types of evangelization we've been exposed to in the past or misconceptions we may have about it. I don't consider myself a theological scholar by any stretch of the imagination. What do I know? What if they have questions and I don't have the answers? How am I supposed to share with someone or convince them being Catholic is something they should consider? Pope Francis says all Catholics are called to evangelize, but he's the Pope, and I'm just me. So what are we as Catholics called to do? How can we make the process of evangelization not weird and uncomfortable for both us and whomever we're speaking to? Today, I'm joined via Zoom by Adam Jenke, COO of St. Paul Street Evangelization and keynote speaker at this year's annual men's conference about what it's like to stand as a man of faith during these faithless times. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining me today. I'm really excited to meet you virtually. Um, and I know you're going to be in the area um, in a couple weeks for the men's conference. So we're really excited about that. Could mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you came to St. Paul Street Evangelization? Yeah, so I'm a Michigan native. I was actually born and baptized in the Catholic Church uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I ended up being raised in the Lutheran ELCA Church, Church, Alphabet Soup, right, sometimes in our faith. Um, Yeah, and then in high school, I became Baptist. I went to an after-school Bible study, and I was invited to join my uh, friends at their church and ended up joining. So I was Baptist, and I started doing ministry and outreach both on the street and online. Uh, I ran into a group of Catholic friends who were like, hmm, Adam, we don't worship Mary. We don't think the Pope is sinless. All those typical things that many Protestants think about Catholics. And so I started uh, studying the Catholic Church with my Catholic friends. And eventually my wife and I both um, ended up converting from the Baptist Church or reverting, I guess, because I was baptized Catholic. And we ended up entering the fullness of the Catholic Church in 2005. I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville and kept getting involved in evangelization and doing things to share my faith. And eventually I landed a job as a director of religious education. And then finally, about 10 years ago, joined the staff here at St. Paul Street Evangelization. So kind of a a big lifelong journey that led me to doing uh, street ministry. Absolutely. That's that's quite the journey, almost full circle. If you really think about it, that's pretty amazing. Could you tell me a little bit about what evangelization means and why it's important in the Catholic faith? Yeah, absolutely. So we have all these different ideas about evangelization. And sometimes we think of evangelization in negative terms, like we see people out there uh, doing street preaching, right? They're holding these big signs that say repent or turn or burn. Or, or things like that, and, and it almost comes across as obnoxious. This is very off-putting, and it's typically not someone we would want to go and talk to. And yet, in the Catholic Church, we know from St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis and our bishops and our priests keep talking about this need to evangelize. And so it's like, how do we reconcile these concepts of evangelization that we see maybe out there in the world that aren't being done very well and what we could do to evangelize ourselves. So the word evangelization simply means to bring glad tidings. And so the evangelists in the Bible 
brought the glad tidings of uh, of Jesus, right? Of his uh, of his birth, of his ministry, of his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and all throughout the book of Acts. Here, here's the church going and announcing the goodness, the joyful goodness of the message of Jesus. And so we are called to do the same thing. In fact, the church says this is our essential mission uh, to go out there and to spread the good news. And it is good news. And so if we learn just a little bit about how to evangelize and maybe some good techniques and some good ways to go out and evangelize compared to maybe some of the the less good examples that we've seen that are more public, that, that get the, the spotlight sometimes, uh, we, we too, we can be part of this work of evangelization, drawing people into the goodness uh, of Jesus and into the goodness of the church. So I read a statistic that roughly 70% of Catholics feel uncomfortable talking to others about their faith or converting them. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm one of them. Like you were saying, sometimes it's a little off-putting. You know, if somebody comes up to me on the street, I'm like, all right, all right, you don't have to. Nope, let's not talk about this. But I'm assuming because this is what you do for a living, there has to be a way we can tactfully share the gospel without feeling weird or defensive. Could you expand on that a little for me? Yeah, you know, I'm an introvert myself, and people are always shocked when I say that. Like, wait a minute, Adam, you're you're up here giving these talks, you're doing these workshops, you're going on uh, and leading retreats, and you're going out and doing street ministry. You've got to be lying to me. There's no possible way that you could be introverted. It's like, oh, yeah, I am, and do I get nervous when I go evangelize? Sure. But when we kind of flip everything on its head, and instead of thinking in terms of, well, I'm going to go do street ministry and I'm going to walk up to people, and I'm going to be, like, weird with, with the message of Jesus, right? You know what? I'm going to go out there to the highways and byways. You know, Mass has ended. Go now. And peace. Thanks be to God. I'm going to go out into my mission field, and I'm going to be available. And I'm going to allow people to approach me. I'm going to develop friendships. I'm going to make invitations to stuff happening at church, right? I'm going to just invite a new friend out for a cup of coffee. You know, I'm going to do these simple things that end up being our motto to listen, befriend, proclaim, and invite, right? And I end up simply making new friends. And then I end up being able to have the opportunity to invite people into a relationship with the Lord because I love my faith. I love the church. It's kind of like, you know, if I love football, I keep talking about football. If I, you know, like my wife loves cross-stitching, keeps talking about cross-stitching. We love the Lord. We just naturally end up talking about the Lord in these new relationships that we have. So you know, whether it's street ministry or, or ministering to our family members or ministering in the parish or ministering in the community, ministering to friends or on campus or for a college student, we just find these normal ways to listen to where people are at, befriend them, invite them into our own life and our ministries, and then make that invitation. It's like, wait a minute, Adam, why are you so joyful, right? Uh, it, it's like, I don't get it. Like, man, look at the world. and We're at war. There's a pandemic you know, the economy is just it's spiraling out of control. How can you, in the midst of all of this, possibly have a smile on your face? You know, don't you, don't you see and feel the pain? Well, of course I do, but there's something more in my life. And it's our job as evangelists to be that something more. So, yeah, uncomfortable, totally. Uh, I, I get that. I, but if we just learn a few tricks and maybe things that uh, to evangelize we weren't necessarily thinking about before that worked really well, uh, we're able to slowly get over that discomfort. 
so how do we build up the courage to take action? What are those little steps that you were mentioning that we can do to become comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so twofold. And I'll talk about this more when we do the men's workshop or you know the men's conference. Twofold. First, the interior life. We need to strive to be holy. We need to strive to be saints. When we do that, when we're focused on our relationship with Christ and our encounter with Jesus, uh, then evangelizing, I mean, frankly, it, it comes more naturally to us. So we're reading our Bible, we're going to Mass, we're going to confession, we're receiving the Eucharist. Uh, we're part of our, our church groups that do the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. As we get more and more integrated into the life of holiness, into the life of truly a saint, uh, it, it just spills out of us. It, it's a cup overflowing, and we're more able to naturally share the joy that's within us. Now, practically speaking, so that's the interior life, right? Practically speaking, the way, like, okay, I, Adam, I'm praying, I'm going to Mass, I'm going to confession, but you're saying evangelize people, like I'm around my family and friends, we're, we're at Christmas, they know all my faults, they know I, uh, I'm a church-going guy, but how am I supposed to evangelize them? What am I supposed to, like, do I just really say, hey, Uncle Joe, you should become Catholic. Well, maybe, uh, but there's lots of things that we can do. Hey, Uncle Joe, we have this parish mission, this guy, Father John's coming. You know, would you like to go with me? I'd love to see you there. Different easy things we can do. Or let's say we're out at a restaurant. Uh, We're eating and our waitress is talking to us, mentioning how tough school is right now. You know what? We're about to say grace for our meal. Would it be okay if we said a prayer for, for your schooling? Uh, just simple little ways that we can, uh, incor- and then of course leaving the waitress or, or waiter a big tip, right? Uh, just simple ways that we can incorporate our faith into our everyday life. One of the biggest ones I think that we often, you know, pass up on is because we are in such a broken and hurting world. I'll often find myself saying something like, "I'll, I'll listen to somebody, be it a cashier or a coworker or a friend, or, and they'll be telling me what's going wrong in their life." I'll say. Well, I'll pray for you, and I'm intentional about that. I'll pray for them, but often what I missed out on was this just key opportunity to evangelize by saying, may I say a prayer for you right now? I know for many Catholics, like saying a prayer spontaneously out loud is like, Adam, I would rather have a root canal with no anesthetic than praying out loud spontaneously, but that's why we do our training. That's why we do our formation. Kind of like anything, learning a board game or playing baseball. I got to read the rules first. Got to read the instructions, right? Learn a little bit more, practice with the group, praying out loud spontaneously. Then we can come to that moment where we find it's actually really not that difficult. It's like, okay, our waitress doesn't have a job or, or has a job and is struggling to pay the bills. And we might say, all right, we're going to say grace. If you'd like to say grace with us, it can be 10 seconds. Lord, we, we ask uh, you to help our waitress, you know, Suzanne get a lot of tips tonight so that she's able to pay all of her her bills. Amen. Or, or whatever. Don't worry about messing up with the gospel. I've heard so many stories of people that are like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. And I thought I messed the whole thing up. And you're not going to, this is going to blow your mind. But the guy I messed everything up with is an RCIA now. So that's where it's like, just yeah, you know, hearing those stories, listening to those stories, it's like, and then practicing, getting these tools and tips. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this. And I've been blamed so many times where it's like, all right, Adam, you told me to give away the miraculous level. You told me to offer pray for the person. Then they became Catholic. I'm just, this is so weird. It's like, it works. Like grace works. It's just amazing. So yeah, I, I, I get it. But, but we just, like St. John Paul II said, 
love that. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, just saying it, just getting it off your chest and, and praying for somebody or, or inviting them, but being nervous about how it's it's being said. My husband used to work in sales and he would always say, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. And if somebody's needing to hear it and open to hearing it, then you could word vomit the gospel all over them and they'll still be willing to hear it. <laughs> And I just, I love that. <laughs> so it helps you, helps release some of those nerves. Yeah. So you talked about this a little bit already, but are there any other practical tips we can use to spread the good word in our daily lives? Yeah, you know, it's like, well, we'll talk about this more at the conference too, but it's so true that the impact really that food has. And as Catholics, we know this, we're in Lent right now. And what do we have every Friday? Fish, fish fries all over the place where we have all these new opportunities popping up with formation where we're feeding people good dinners. Uh, we had a case where we were out at a conference once in Florida. We saw a young man wasn't participating in anything at all, just did not want to be there. And a friend of mine and I looked at him and said, you know what, let's get out of here. Like, you know, we're, you're not getting anything out of the conference, right? Let's just go get lunch together. He's like, yeah, that, I, I think that'd be great. And so we just left the conference. We went, we got lunch. We sat down, talked to this young man, like, so what's up? What, what brought you to the conference? And he just kind of shared his whole story of what was going on in his heart, how he really felt far away from God, uh, how, you know, his mom wanted him to go to the conference, how he really just wasn't sure he even wanted to be Catholic anymore because uh, he was in college. He was having fun. You know, he was getting drunk on the weekends. You know, he was bringing girls home to his apartment. He was sleeping around all this kind of stuff that, that was just called causing turmoil in his own life. And so here he is at, at this conference he doesn't really want to be at. And by using that sense of friendship, you know, food, conversation, being laid back, all these simple ideas that just help a person, you know, kind of bring their defenses down a little bit. It, it, food can be very disarming, right? And just a simple, friendly conversation can be so disarming. And by the time the conversation was over, um, you know, we didn't we didn't condemn him. We didn't say, oh, you're an awful person for doing this or anything like that. We just were like, hey, you know, think about it, pray about it. You know, what what is God asking of you? How might God want to heal your heart? And so on his own, he was just kind of in his own mind doing a little bit of an examination of conscience. You know, rather than us condemning other people, how can we help people just kind of examine their own conscience? by sharing the joy of the Lord in our own lives. And he thought about it, and the next day, he went to confession. And he had just the biggest smile on his face. He went up and he received communion. We're like, how does it feel? He's like, oh, I'm so filled with joy now. But all those really simple things that we can do, whether it's a stranger that we'll never see again, we give them a miraculous medal or a rosary or, or a Bible or a gospel pamphlet or something like that, right? Just something tangible as a reminder whether it's a family member that we invite to an event at our church, whether, you know, it's a new friend that we make somewhere and we say, Hey, come out, come come out, have, have dinner with us, right? Have a cup of coffee. Or like our friend Joanne, when she was a missionary in Washington, DC, she just invited a whole ton of strangers to meet with her every week at Denny's, sit down, have a cup of coffee, talk about life. Like it was, I, I don't even remember. It was like nine or 10 people showed up every week and every single one of them in this kind of neutral, you know, place, Denny's, uh, ended up coming into the church and joining our CIA. So that listen, the friend, proclaim, invite, 
you know, if we can get that down and then get some of these simple tools of praying, giving away medals, making invitations, befriending people, that kind of thing down, evangelization will, will come much more naturally to us. I love that. It's Food is very powerful. It's something that you don't think about a whole lot, but it, you know, we use food for celebration. We use food for, you know, bringing people together. It's it seems so natural once you start practicing it that that becomes a way of bringing people together. Um, mm-hmm. I really love that. So your keynote address is titled The Battle for Souls. Without giving too much away, because we want people to come to the conference, can you expand on what that means? Yeah, so I, I took that. Most of us are familiar with the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and the whole armor of God. And I took, I actually wrote it down so I don't misquote it, but I took it from Ephesians 6, 12, where it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. And so as we put on that armor of God, as we gird our loins, as it were, as men, right, we get ready for the spiritual battle to remember that this battle for souls does not mean these souls that we will meet out there either in the street or at work in the community or church uh, or, or even family, right? They are not the enemies, even though they might not be Catholic, even though they might be vehemently opposed to our Christian faith. Truly, the enemy is the devil, right? We're, we're truly battling against uh, the, this kingdom of the world, this kingdom of darkness to draw people out of that and into the freedom of living as Christian brothers and sisters. So, you know, much like the prodigal son, we look out there uh, with concern and, and with uh, care and with love for those that have walked away, either walked away from the church, walked away from the gospel, or for those who have never heard the gospel, or for those who are thinking, you know what, man, what about what about this sex abuse scandal? What about, uh, you know, all the things that I'm hearing about, uh, you know, money being stolen from our local church or, or whatever it might be that's on their heart that we remember those are those people those lost souls are not the enemy. Rather, we're in this battle, uh, truly, you know, something that, that we can uh, rise up as men and lead the way in evangelization. We're in this battle for souls, this battle to win people for the gospel message, the very essential reason that, to, that the church exists uh, herself is to, is to share that gospel, is to draw people in uh, to the life of the church. And we'll see that played out in a very practical way uh, as I share some of the stories of, of you know, not me, but other people, other lay people, doctors and teachers, uh, you know, uh, just blue collar workers that are going out there evangelizing and sharing their faith and seeing good fruit as they, uh, as they win people, uh, win souls back for the church and back for Jesus. What do you hope the men attending this conference will take away from your presentation? Yeah, I really hope that they'll be inspired to strive in their own life for sainthood. I think in the world today, because of everything that's going on, um, you know, in many ways, we, we have a tendency to move away from, from that battle of, of the interior life in our own lives. Like, you know, we, we can get a little apathetic and get a little lazy. It's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of locked in my own home now. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to, I'm going to hit the couch, right? And open up that bag of chips and, and watch the game. But rather, you know, we got to get up, got to get moving, got to get exercising, got to get out into the world. Uh, got to be praying, going to the sacraments, everything else. So I hope that, that the men attending will be uh, will be inspired to once again pick up that banner, strive for holiness, strive for sainthood. And secondly, I hope that uh, the simple pragmatic tools 
that I'll share to evangelize that can be used immediately without any further formation, without any further training, that they'll be inspired to pick those up uh, and to begin using those simple simple techniques, simple tools to begin to evangelize and speak the, the message and speak the name of Jesus into other people's lives. So God will set up the divine appointments. Uh, we only have to be willing to to answer that call, to say yes, and to reach out really to others in the world around us. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to having you here at the Diocesan Center on April 2nd for our annual men's conference. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday. The Diocese of Harrisburg invites you to this year's annual men's conference, Becoming Champions for Christ, on April 2nd at the Diocesan Center in Harrisburg. Keynote speaker Adam Janke the COO of St. Paul Street Evangelization, headlines a panel of excellent speakers that will focus on standing firm as men of faith among the challenges of today's faithless society. Attendees will also be able to participate in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament with benediction, confession, and mass celebrated by Bishop Ronald Gaynor. For more information and details on how to register, visit hbgdiocese.org. What have you done for your marriage today? For every couple, it's a little different. Well, I would like to say a hug and a kiss, but it was kind of hectic for us this morning. We're going to the museums as a family. I uh, gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. What have I done for, for my, my marriage, marriage today? today? Yeah, I sent my husband a love email. I think I've avoided all controversial things today. Is that your answer? That's pretty much it, yes. <laughs> um, while we're spending the day together, so that's good. <laughs> um, she works night and Dwayne working during the day, so spending the day together is actually pretty big. Yeah. I suppose I, I, I didn't yell at him for anything yeah, at all. Done. Anything. I made my wife laugh. That is a big plus for a marriage. Keep her laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Parents want the best education possible for their children. Catholic schools offer parents an affordable, high-quality option that educates the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Catholic schools have high graduation rates. In the Diocese of Harrisburg, over 98% of our students graduate from high school. Locally, these graduates are offered over $40 million in scholarship funds. Learn more at a Catholic school near you or visit GoCatholicSchools.org.